Notice that, if you would, turn your Bibles to 1 John chapter 3, verse 1. And God spoke this passage to me, verses 1 through 3. Now, if uh, you don't have a handout, you'll need it if you want it to, uh, to capture all the passages. Angie, I just ask you, you're going to have to just fly with me, okay? Because, uh... And in 1 John chapter 3, there's a phrase there that God is just putting on, putting highlighted in my heart that I had never noticed before. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called children of God. You know, when uh, Paul and I went out to Arizona to see Rick and Carla Howard, many of you know, we took a trip up to see the Grand Canyon. And in my mind about the Grand Canyon, I had these pictures about it, you know, and I was thinking something, you know, mile plus wide, you know, and, and you know, deep, a mile deep. And I've got this mindset of what the Grand Canyon would look like. And here you're riding along this pretty much level ground coming up from uh, Phoenix, you know, through these pine forests. And all of a sudden, you come to this chasm. I mean, it's almost like the end of the world type thing. And, uh, and it's immense. I don't know if you've ever been there, but if you've never been there, it would be a sight that you got to go see. But it's over, I, when I, it's over 16 miles wide. And I'll be honest with you, when I, when I was standing on the edge of it, looking out, and I was going, God, you overdid this one. <laughs> I mean, this, this is beyond imagination, Lord. And it's almost so big and so beautiful that you can't get your hands around it. I mean, your heart and your mind, and it's, it's vast. It's great. Or also, uh, another story came to my mind. James Gray was telling me one time he was traveling up in Alaska. And they were traveling by train across Alaska, and it was a very beautiful day. And, and somebody told them, it says, look out the left, and you can see Mount Denali, Mount McKinley. What is it? Mount McKinley, 26,000 feet? I can't remember. 24, 24, 26, that's a high. 21 plus. That's a high. It's bigger than Doe Mountain where I live. I know that. But anyway, James looks out. James was telling me the story. And he said he looked out the window to see it, and he's going, "I don't see anything. I, I, I can't see it." You know, and he's thinking, "Well, the distance." And, and finally, he it caught him. He looked up, and the whole horizon was covered with this mountain. And he's going like, "Whoa! It's so big." And when I when I was praying about these past scriptures, I thought about those stories. Now, y'all. We're going, to talk, we're going to end into a venture that, you know, behold, you know, see the, the, the declaration, see how great the, the love of the Father is that we would be called children of God. Now, y'all, if we're not careful, we'll hear that and we'll miss it. And I just, what I pray today that you fasten your seatbelts. We're going to move fast. We're going to cover a lot of passages of Scripture. We're going to cover a lot of truth. You can look at your handouts and you can see, you know, how size we're going to do it. I don't know. I'm just trying to be obedient. But I ask this, that you would open your heart to see, to value, to treasure, to cherish, to realize what it means for us to be called children of God and how that is such an expression of God's great love. 
You see in Romans chapter 8, verse 20, in the, in the passages, we'll see as Ange keeps, tries to keep up with her. And if you, have, if you don't have a handout, if you would hold your hand up, please. In, eight, in 820, there's this declaration, for I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glories that will be revealed to us. For anxious longing, I'm sorry, 819, the anxious longing of creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. For creation was subject to futility, not of its own will, but for him who subjected it in hope. Into what hope? Notice what the passage says. Into the freedom of the glory of the children of God. In other words, y'all, the purpose of all of creation is us. To give birth to the children of God. And notice what you, what you really know. All of creation, the whole of creation, suffers the pains together of childbirth even unto now. Now, y'all, my honest conviction that what you saw in Japan is not that. Uh, you can go to James chapter 2 and you can see how distortions in creation are literally from Satan. You can look at it, James chapter 2 and James chapter 1. I mean, not James, Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. But, but there is a creation, all of creation is, is suffering the pains of childbirth. In other words, I love this passage in Psalm 139, 15. My frame was not hid from you when I was skillfully wrought, made in secret and skillfully wrought in the depths of the earth. Literally, what my honest conviction is that every one of us in here, were, when God said, let there be light, your DNA, you were in the center of fabric of creation. How do you know when Jesus is coming again? How do you know? You may have heard me say this before. But whenever the last child that God has purposed to be born will be born, that's when all of creation, that's when he will come again. Why? How else? Anything other than that would be abortion. See, people's names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life before the foundations of the world. And so... All of creation has, has been set in this place to give birth to children or slash sons of God. See how great this love is that God has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God? Well, I also want to mention to you in, 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 Jane, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, verses 1 through 2, and also in Job chapter 1, verse 6, you'll see these declarations, how that there are what I call unrighteous claims on sons of God. See, when Adam and Eve sinned, uh, there was a transfer of authority. And notice this in chapter 6, verse 2. It says, when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, men, people, men to face on the earth, daughters were born to them, that the sons of God, now we know that these are angels, and my conviction are that they're fallen angels. We do know this, that ones who left their proper domain. Who are these sons of God? How do we know they're angels? In Job chapter 1, verse 6, the sons of God that came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. See, what you'll see is because of the fall of man, there's this, there's this unrighteous claim to be a son of God. You'll ask you this, or be a child of God. And you'll see this. Why? Why? And you'll see, see here in a few minutes how great this is and how, how awesome it is and how important it is to be a child of God. <clears throat> it's not something to take lightly. <clears throat> so we have these unrighteous claims. In fact, Israel in the flesh, notice this passage in Romans chapter 9, who are Israelites? <clears throat> That's the question that Paul's asking. To whom belongs the adoption as sons? So you'll see this thing, Israel in the flesh, are they the adoption as sons, or is it, 
Israel in the spirit. And that's where you'll see in Romans chapter 9. So in other words, what you'll see throughout, there are these claims to be children and sons of God, which God can only righteously and judicially impart and declare, this is a child. This is a child. This is a son slash daughter of God. Why? But, but we know every one of us in here with an Adam and Eve sin. Let's go on to the next one, Ange. It's sin entered in the world, therefore death spread to all men, Romans 5, 12. But notice this, as a result of this, I love this passage in John eleven fifty two. 52. It says, not only for the nation, this is where the high priest prophesies that one must die for the nation, but notice this statement, not only for the nation only, but in order that he, Jesus, might also gather together into one, ch- the children of God who were scattered abroad. Why? Because in Isaiah 53, 6, all of us like sheep have gone astray. Each of us have turned to his own way. But the Lord has caused the iniquities of us all to fall upon him. Y'all, when Adam and Eve sinned, mankind went to do their own thing and scattered. And we became not children of God, but literally places we've talked about in the past. Children of the devil, under the authority of the devil, with the heart of the devil, desire to do the will and the heart of the devil. So God had purpose for us to give birth to us. Then we're seeing these unrighteous claims on the sons of God. And the ones who God had purposed it for, us, have gone astray, doing our own thing. But God says, and these are passages that are not in here. You'll see this like in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 11, where Jesus says, you know, where it talks about Jesus, where he's come to bring many sons to glory. How he says, he goes on to say, but he says, I'm not ashamed to call them my brother. He goes on and says to the Father, I will go declare your name to my brothers. And then for this reason, we see, go to the next passage, the slide. This says, for God so loved the what? World that he did what? He gave his only begotten son that whoever should believe in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loved. God, see how great the love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God? First step is, God loved, He gave. When did He love? When did He give? While we were yet what? Sinners. Christ died for us. I heard people say this many times to me. How do I know God loves me? Well, here it is. God demonstrated it. And then while we were yet screwed up, messed up, doing ever whatever our thing is, our way, our will, going every which way. God demonstrated his love. He says, Rick, I love you so much. I give. I don't wait till you get it fixed and I give. No, I give. And knowing at a point in time, you're going to take it and you're going to go. How great a love that it is the Father bestowed on us that we be called children of God. Well, the phrase goes, goes on to say, such we are in 1 John 3. Well, I tell you this, you all know in John chapter 1, verse 12, the word, but as many has received him. Look at the, think of the depth of this, y'all. To many has received him, them he gave the right. The Greek word here is exousia. In fact, you know in the spiritual realm, there's two major principles that are very important in the spiritual realm. One is power and authority. Power and authority. Authority is the, the right 
to think, speak, or act, or to own. And we know that authority can be transferred. And it can be abused. Power is the force to think, speak, or act. But here, notice as many as received him. Now some of the versions say power, but it's not the Greek word dunamis for power. It's the Greek word, like I said, exousia. To them, as many as received him, to them he gave the authority to become sons of God. To, to those even, what? To those who believe in his name. So if you in here today... You believe Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You have confessed with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead. God at that point in time says, I give you the authority to be called a child of God. With that authority, y'all, John chapter 3, verse 3 through 6, where Jesus says to Nicodemus, he says, truly I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. But truly I say to you, unless one is born of the water and of the Spirit, he will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Y'all, you were born, you and I, literally what it says there, that which is born of the, what? Flesh is flesh. So when you and I were born in this world, we were born into the flesh. So we had an identity of the flesh. But Jesus said, hey, I've come to have a new children. New children. And y'all, you're going to have new children, you've got to have a birth. If you're going to have children, you've got to have a birth. Well, we don't want old birth. So he gives us the ability to be born again, born of the Spirit, or literally born from above. And y'all been here before, and you know when I ask the question, where are you from? Where are you from, Mark? He's from heaven. He ain't from Florida. Florida? Huh? Minnesota. Dude, I was way off on that. <laughs> How'd you up in Florida? <laughs> Dude, warm down there, yeah. But anyway, or just like every one of us in here. You know, I'm not from Melbourne, Florida. I have been born again. Yeah, in the flesh, in the government, U.S. government wants to know me identity in the flesh. But I'll be honest with you, that's, you know, my citizenship's not of the United States of America. It is in the flesh, and I'll use it to get around. But my citizenship, according to Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, is from heaven. Been born again. Not only just the new citizenship, y'all, but I've got a new nature. So I've got the nature, you've got the nature to be a child of God. You've got the right to be a child of God. And isn't that, why is that important? And not only, not only, not only that we have uh, the right or the authority of a child of God, we have the nature. But notice this, in John 14, 6, I mean 14, 1 through 3, where you know, where you know in the Father's house are many what? Dwelling places. If it were not so, so I would have told you. But I go to prepare a place for you, that where I am, you may be also. And y'all, we've spoke this in here. This is not about houses. It's not about mansions. That is not the Greek word for house or mansion. It's the only, that Greek word is only used one other time in the New Testament. It's John 14, 23, when Jesus says, you know, he who loves me, the Father and I will come and make our abode with him, dwell with him. Thus, the name of dwelling place, Christian fellowship. That y'all, you and I, because of what Jesus has gone to prepare a place, our place in Christ Jesus, he has said, you have a place in the Father's house. Like Michelle, she lives in Christiansburg, but she knows good and well that she's got a place in my house. She's got a place there. And Shay, Leela, and Max have a place there. And that's the cool thing with the Father. 
Not only y'all, because we have that place, notice in Romans chapter 8, verse 17, where it does say, if we're children, okay, so y'all, see how great a love that the Father has bestowed upon us, that you might be what called children of God, authority to become a child of God. You've received the nature of a child of God, and you received a place in the Father's house. Well, if you've got a place in the Father's house, if a child, guess what? You're an heir also. Heirs of God. Y'all, this is greater than... Uh, who's the dude that found Microsoft? Gates. Man, this is bigger than that. This is bigger than that. Heirs of God. Fellow heirs with Christ. There's the place... That where I am, you may be also. Okay, I don't want to repeat this. i got to keep saying it. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called children of God, that you are heirs, co-heirs with Christ. Well, guess what? Let's just sort of cover a few things. What you and I inherit. And you've heard me say these before. What's Romans chapter 4, verse 13 tell us? In Romans 4, 13, it tells us that how the promise to Abraham or to his seed that he would be the heir of the what? Okay, now let's go back to the beginning. Remember I said that there were these unrighteous claims on to be sons of God or children of God? Why? Guess what's at stake? The what? The world. Well, guess what? Who is the ruler of this world now? Satan. Why are you a threat? That's why they ain't these fallen angels. That's why they claim to be sons. Well, Adam and Eve forfeited it. Sort of like... Jake, I mean, uh, Esau forfeited his birthright to Jacob. Well, Adam and Eve, guess what? They forfeit it back. But guess what? Another very important principle you'll find in the Old Testament. Guess what? It's called the kinsman redeemer. Boy, if that won't put your bumps up, Danny, back. Dude, I bless God I got a kinsman redeemer. That which I screwed up, lost, he came and he did what? He redeemed it back. Said that which Satan has tried to exercise authority over, Jesus says, excuse me, I'll pay for that. I'll buy that back, like Colossians 2.14, where the handwriting, the certificate of good debt consisting of decrees against us, Jesus took it away, having nailed it to the cross. So guess what? You know, not only that do we inherit the world, guess what? How about the world in relationship to come? Not this world like it is yet right now, y'all. Now you remember... We're talking about a place where the new Jerusalem comes. Oh, you remember this one city now. You remember you heard me talk about this before. But this one city, 1,500 miles high, 1,500 miles wide, and 1,500 miles long. You know, put, put this in reality, y'all. We don't have, I think the highest satellites that we have are somewhere around three, 400 miles high. In other words, y'all, satellites would not work during this time. They'd be hitting half, what, a third of the way up? Or fourth of the way up? <laughs> Could you imagine that? I mean, I have the penthouse view on that one. 1,500 miles high. But this earth couldn't handle that. It wobbled. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> talking about it. We're talking about a creation, y'all. A new creation. New heaven. A new earth. Look at Revelation 21. You guess what? You and I inherit this. Co-heirs with Christ. And on this new heaven and new earth, like it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, don't you know that you will judge the nations? Who are the nations? 
That'll bring up a question, which we're not going to chase today. Don't, you know, in that same passage, it says, you will judge the angels. Oh, man. Hey, right there. Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? If the world is judged by you, do you not know that we will judge angels? Inherit the world. The children of God. See how great love the Father has bestowed on us that we would be called children of God. Well, that's really cool. We got inheritance. Co-heirs with Christ. That's awesome. That's great. And I like it. But notice this next phrase in the verse in 1 John chapter 3. Beloved, you know, no, I'm sorry. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed on us that we'd be called the children of God. And notice it says, for this reason, and I mean such we are, and for this reason the world does not know us because it did not know him. Now, he was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and, his, and those who were, his did not, who were his did not receive him. He came into the world. Y'all, um, why do we try to figure out how to fit into the world? Why do we try to figure out how to be comfortable in the world? Why do we try to figure out how to be relevant to the world? Guess what, y'all? We can't be if we're going to be love Jesus. It's not possible. Just be us. Be us. In Christ Jesus. And let the chips fall as they may. I'll show up in places overseas. I remember Alpin, Alpin who's here right now from Macedonia, telling me the first time I showed up there in, in cowboy jeans. and uh, He says, who is this redneck coming over here to build Jesus? Or he didn't say that last term, but he did say it was this redneck. And, uh, you know, just be you in Jesus. Oh, it would have been easy for me to try to fit in, but I've given up on that a long time ago. Every time I try to do that, I always make a fool of myself. But the reality is, y'all, this world does not know us. And, y'all, when we try to let the world know us, Oh, it, we compromise. And that's why Jesus said in John seven, seventeen, I do not ask you to take them out of the world, but to keep them from the evil one. For they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now, we're not from here. Like I said earlier, our citizenship's not here. But guess what? The reason why, for, for this reason, that we're not from here, what did Jesus tell us in John 15? The world what? What does Jesus say? If the world hates you, you know that it has hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Because you were not of it, I chose you out of the world because of this, the world hates you. Now, y'all, I'm not asking us to walk around with this mindset on us, like, oh, you know, to be weird and all kind of crazy. You know, I know God's called me to do business. I've asked him to take me out of it many times. And he said, no. And, uh, but in the middle of it, he said, do business in this world. And so I have to do it. I have to do it. And I can't be stupid. I can't be dumb. 
there's a way to be profitable in the world. I know that. But God says in Psalm, I mean, Isaiah 48, I am the Lord your God who will teach you how to profit. And so that is the really cool thing, that God is showing a new way in the world, that we're not of it. The us children of God, not of this world, not of the flesh, we're not of this world. And what God is expecting is, not expecting, I, let me change that. The opportunity is that we can live in all the fullness of who Jesus is, y'all. And when we do that, the world sees us and they go, oh man, something is different about that. I want that. And the world's not going, they want more of the world. They know, y'all down deep inside, it don't fill. They know it. But they're looking for something real, looking for legitimate. So see how great the love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called children of God. Such we are. And for this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know Him. But how about this next phrase? I love this one. Beloved, now we are children of God. What does that mean? Well, the first thing is I just want to remind you of that the Holy Spirit who is in us continually is what? Reminding us about this. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are what? Children of God. Now, y'all, let this sink in. Let this sink in. Y'all, there's a point in time that it's going to be very important for you when you're standing before the courtroom of heaven and the inheritance is being dished out and you're going to have the, the gavel in the courtroom of heaven on the great white throne judgment goes, Mitch Simonis, child of God. Woo! I mean, you're going to listen intently for those words. <laughs> you're found guilty. Y'all remember me telling you the story that time I sat on that uh, barber chair, that old barber that I get when I get my hair cut when I was a teenager. I was sitting there. This is in the days of my compromise. And I'll never forget, I was sitting in that barber chair, and he had one of those old-timey Coke machines right across from the chair. And on it, he had a big old bumper sticker. And he was a Jesus guy, good old Baptist, you know. Praise God for Baptists. And, and, uh, and he said, said on it, if you were on trial for being a Christian, is there enough evidence to convict you? And I go, uh-oh. Uh-oh. But how, how awesome it is that there be declaration. Beloved, now we are in the Spirit. Listen to it say it. Testifies, bears witness in you. Listen to it. That we are children of God. Because you are sons. God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart. Sons, daughters into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Verse 7, if you know, you're no longer a slave, if no longer a slave, a son. But if a son, then an heir. Heir of all things. We are children of God. Y'all, let it sink in. Lord, you know, y'all, if this is sort of, if you know that you have, well, let me back up. It talks about in 1 John chapter 3. By this we know that we are children of God by the Spirit who he has given us I blotched the verse up. It's somewhere like that. 
But y'all, we know that we're children of God because of the Spirit of God in us bearing witness. Y'all, if you don't know that you're a son or a daughter of God, if you do not have that, I'm going to be careful, not this Mormon witness, but the Spirit of God declaring in you, child, or the Spirit of God crying out in your heart, Abba, Father. Maybe you don't know Jesus. That's really easy to deal with. But we do. And I just, I just encourage you. Y'all, if you have heart has become hardened to the, to the truth that you are a child of God, and it's possible that your heart's become dull of hearing, that's easy to deal with. Just repent. And then start giving, it, giving, giving in. Uh, give imp- expression to an impression and you'll become more impressionable. You know, it's in the hard times. You, you surely want to know that, uh, that you're reminded that you're son or daughter of God. Now you are children of God. What's the next facet? I've already spoken this, y'all. You know, because what does it say in 1 John 5, 4? Whatever is born of God does what? Overcomes what? The world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Well, y'all, now we are children of God. We have a, we have a witness within us, the, a testifying of the Holy Spirit in us, telling that we're sons and daughters of God. We have received a new nature, and I've already spoken that earlier. But also we have received this, y'all. Notice this in, uh, in, first, in, in first, first Ephesians. First Ephesians chapter 1. Notice this. What is the surpassing greatness of his power toward us who believe? These are in accordance with the working of his strength, of his might, when he brought about in Christ, when he raised him from the dead. Wow. We're children of God. Uh, Y'all, there happens to be something going along with that called power. Power. And authority. What did Jesus say in Luke chapter 10, verse 19? Behold, I have given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall injure you. That's big. Take it. Take it. Notice this next phrase in 1 John chapter 3. It has not yet appeared as what we shall be. Go to the next slide, Angie. It has not yet appeared as what we shall be. Y'all, in this, in this fleshly realm, we have a tendency to operate on it. I'll believe it when I see it or when I, quote, experience it. But y'all, you know that, that a child of God does not operate by that principle. For this reason, we need revelation. Notice this passage that we just read in Ephesians chapter 1. I want you to notice the very beginning of it. Where Paul makes this prayer where he says, I do not cease giving thanks for you that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation and knowledge of him. In other words, a characteristic of your spirit would have wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him. How did that happen? You can scratch off the, I pray that the eyes. I, I pray that. That's not there in the Greek. If, for some reason, it don't come italicized over when I copy it over. That's not there. 
that God may give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation out of Him, having the eyes of your heart enlightened. That your heart would be enlightened. Why? So that you may know what is the hope of His calling, what is exceedingly riches, what are what is hope is calling, what are the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints, and here, the surpassing greatness of His power. Y'all, it has not yet appeared as what we shall be. Because that is the case, y'all, we need revelation. We're not, bar- we're not raised and brought- born into this world with revelation of the things that we have received from God in the Spirit. Because, to be honest with you, every one of us who are born in this world, we're not born into the Spirit. We were born into the what? flesh we were born under the into this world under the authority of satan you think it's going to become the easy for a revelation of the power and of the riches that have been given to us as children of god so we need revelation and for this reason jesus says in john 16 he the spirit of truth who's in us will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative. But whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. That's good. He'll reveal to you what is to come. You know, in the ministry training class, you know, at the beginning of the year, I taught, uh, they keep asking me about this word that I had at the beginning of the year about preparation. And God has been speaking to me things about preparation in this year. In fact, I thought I was supposed to speak on that this morning. But God or not, there is a thing in this, y'all, that we need revelation right now about things to come. And preparation is the word of the Lord for this 2011. And it's going to be something in relationship to 2012. I will say this to you real quick, and I don't really want to preach it. There's two phases, I believe, that are going to be happening in the world. One is there's going to be a short season, a seducing season of peace. And prosperity but then after this season i believe call it a lie it's going to be obvious then there's going to be some craziness happening it seems like there's craziness happening right now but it's really interesting as i was praying about this this thing is really interesting so don't get seduced you got to prepare your hearts to not get seduced so that you can prepare your heart so you can deal with anything crazy starts happening I don't know what, but I was just telling you what the, what the Lord was putting in my heart. But show us, disclose to us what is to come. He will glorify me and he will take of mine and disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. He, the Holy Spirit, will take of mine and reveal it to you. Now, it has not yet appeared as what we shall be. Well, we need revelation so that we don't lose sight of it. And here's the two other things that the Lord has put on my heart. Oh, this one's exciting to me. And we know that when he, what, appears. When he appears. Come on, Dad. When he, what? He has promised us that. Why? First thing is, notice the first Thessalonians passage. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of archangel, and the trump of God, dead in Christ. So 
Rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Y'all, I was, uh, the dead in Christ shall rise first. I, I just happened to, yesterday I was sort of going through, periodically I go through this God tube thing. And there was this young kid this dad and this kid on there who had written this book about heaven. When this kid was four years old, he, he had, uh, had to have an emergency appendectomy. And it was literally, it was like five days into it that, uh, that, his, that his appendix had ruptured. And then they finally did the surgery. So he was in serious condition. And interesting, when the kid went into surgery, uh, after after the kid I mean after the kid was all better, you know, of course he's four years old, he starts telling his parents things and his parents are going, What's going on here? The, the kid starts telling his parents what they were doing while he was in the surgery. The kid told him that the dad that well you were in a small room praying and mom was talking on the telephone during the surgery and these were things that this is things that caught their eye. Then all of a sudden the kid starts telling the dad about his grandfather who died when the dad was seven years old. And the kid starts telling the dad about things that the dad and the grandfather did. Then the crazy thing was, the, dad, the kid comes in one day, ladies, this will put comfort into your heart. The kid comes in and he goes, Mom, Dad, I've got two sisters, don't I? And they go, what do you mean? You know, and, and they, they said really at first they kind of brushed it off. And he says, I got two sisters. And finally they said, what do you mean? He says, uh, yeah, I got two sisters. And, and he says, how do you know that? Who told you that? No, no, I'm not, I'm not getting messed up here. No, the kid goes, Mommy, did you uh, have a baby die in your tummy? This is a kid just over four years old. He says, yes. And the, and the parents go, who told you that? My sister did. She did. She told me. And the interesting thing the kid said in the dream, everybody, he said there's no old people in heaven. He says when you die, you're young adult age, so I'll receive it in Jesus' name. <laughs> That's surely revelation and truth of God. We can write that down. But I love this. This passage, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of you know, the archangel, the trumpet of God, dead in Christ shall rise first. Dead in Christ shall rise first. They're in heaven. This is physical body. What's the purpose of this? We're going home, y'all. So shall we ever be with the Lord. And that's when those, the end verse of that says, Comfort. See how great a love that the Father bestowed upon us that we would be called children of God because we know that when He appears, we shall be what? Like Him. That's what the next verse says. You've got a home, and guess what? This ain't it. Glory to God. Even though I'm glad I got out of the trailer. <laughs> so guess what? We've got a home, and guess what? He's coming to change us physically, sort of like what the kid was saying. Get this. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be what? Dude. Yeah, brother. 
Barbie, I'll be like you then, brother. <laughs> it is. In a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Barbie knows I love it. The last trumpet will sound the dead in Christ. Dead will be raised imperishable and will be changed. Man, it appears we shall be like him. Yeah, physically. We got a home, physically. But y'all, here's the other hardcore thing about us. It's important to be called children of God. Notice this Isaiah passage, an Old Testament prophecy regarding the rapture. I didn't teach on Jesus coming again one day. I'm here. It's one of my all-time favorite subjects. Notice this. It says, we were pregnant. We yeah, in labor. You got to be a woman to say that word. (laughs) I guess in this passage. We gave birth, as it seems, only to win. We could not accomplish deliverance for the earth. We couldn't. Guess what? whole creation suffers the pains of childbirth even unto now. What? For the revealing of the sons of God. When this rapture occurs, y'all, you know what it is? It's a revealing of the what? Sons of God. It's like a curtain's being pulled back. Here they are. Here they are. But go on. Watch this passage. It says, it says, we could not accomplish deliverance for the earth, nor were inhabitants of, of the world born Your dead will live. Now watch this, y'all. The dead will live. The dead will live. The dead in Christ will rise first. Watch this. The dead will live. Their corpses will rise. That's 1 Corinthians 15. You who lie in the dust, awake, shout for joy. For your dew is as the dew of the dawn, and the earth will give birth to the departed spirits. Keep going. Watch the other side of this passage. Come, my people. Dead in Christ shall rise first. We which are alive and remain trumpet of God and the voice of the archangel come my people close your doors behind you hide for a little while until indignation runs its course for behold the Lord is about to come out from his place to punish the inhabitants of the earth for their iniquity and the earth will reveal her bloodshed and cover her slain no more that's the purpose of the seven year and one of my convictions is, is that the, when the rapture occurs, that will be the unveiling of the man of lawlessness, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. In, Re- in Matthew chapter 24, this trumpet where the angels send forth and gather the elect from the four winds of the earth and all the tribes of the earth, a word that is only used in the New Testament in relationship to Jews, all the tribes of the earth will mourn. Why? Because in Zechariah, we think in Zechariah chapter 12, they will look on him on whom they have pierced. And they will realize this was the Messiah. They will see him in the clouds, but they won't be going. Because why? In, Re- in Re- Romans chapter 11, it does say that there's been a partial hardening to Israel until the times of the Gentiles will be fulfilled. At that time, we will be taken out. We're gone. Go on. Say it again. Yeah. We're taken out. But y'all, notice what it says. Hide a little while, seven years, until indignation runs its course to punish the inhabitants of the earth for iniquity. You look at the book of Revelations, and what the book of Revelations is is a book of judgment on the earth for the iniquity that has been done on the earth for 
since the day of creation. Every kind of iniquity. The justice of God is brought to pass. And in this place shall. So it has not yet appeared as what she shall be, but we know that when he does appear, we shall be like him because we will see him as he is. It's no longer through a glass darkly, y'all. You and I will be going home. We're going home. We will be changed. And guess what? Let's go hang out with him for seven years. After seven years come back, you come back riding on a white horse. Michelle, you will have your wish. I mean, a horse from heaven riding with Jesus, like y'all heard me say. Don't fall off this horse, y'all. It's a long fall. You know, hold on. You know, I mean, he's going down. It's sort of like a man from Snowy River. You know how he's going down. Whoa! Dude! Oh, man. Coming in from 35,000 feet. Yeah, dude. I hope you can stop. Kevin, you better learn to ride this horse, brother. Put on flaps. Dude. And it has not yet appeared as what we shall be. We know that when he appears, we shall be like him, because why? We shall see him, what? As he is. Now I want to go back to the beginning. I want to say this again. Repeat this, y'all. Let it sink into your heart. See how great a love that the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called. What? Children of God. Y'all, all of creation, every demon, every angel, angels also long to look. First Peter chapter 1. To see what? See who? It is, is the children of God. And the exhortation is in verse 3. Everyone who fixes his hope on him purifies himself. Now, y'all, the call in this is see it. See it. See how great the love has for us. See it. Because when we see it, we with an unveiled face, y'all, no longer... Yeah, because Jesus came and died on the cross. Guess what? No veils. We can see it. But let me tell you something, y'all. The key word, one of the key words that the Lord spoke to me about this, about seeing is be careful that you not be distracted. Because you know what? It's so much easier to think and think, oh, I'm a daughter of, of this world. Or, you know so-and-so, or to think that we're from this world. It's so much, it's so easy. Now, Tom, I, I know it's hard for you in this school, in the Geo, School of Geosciences. Did I do it? Did I say it right? Department of Geosciences. And I know it's hard to stand there as a man of God. Well, they've got aliens in their midst. Anybody says to you, you believe in aliens? They, Yeah. Yeah, I do. He's one. He is. So am I. So are you. You know Jesus. But it's so easy, if not Tom's not careful, in the midst of these department meetings when, when everybody's talking about 
creation bearing witness of creation, of a process, of an evolutionary process, and where Tom holds in his heart that creation bears witness of a creator. Because why? Tom's heart's bearing witness of a creator because that creator is, guess what? Not just a creator to him, not just a savior to him, but guess what? He's given him the right to become a son or child of God. And Tom is a child of God. He is a representation of the kingdom of God in the Department of Geosciences at the University of Virginia Tech. He is what, what does 2 Corinthians chapter 5 call it? Uh, and am, what is that word? Ambassador of Christ. Just don't get distracted. Because when we see the, fa- the glory with an unveiled face, beholding in a mirror, guess what it will do? It will change us from what? Glory to glory. Now, y'all, if we're not walking in as a child of God, guess what? We have stopped seeing it. That's what the Lord was saying to me this morning. Warn us, Rick, Michelle, Jess. See how great a love the Father has bestowed on us. See it. And it will transform you. It will purify you. Because you know what will happen when we can see it? The things of this world. What's that hymn? Is it gross? What, what is that song? You know that song, Matt? Come on, Matt. <laughs> Just pray in tongues, get the revelation of it, and then interpret it. And that's yeah, yeah, that's right. And here's the one that the Lord spoke to my heart about, this one, y'all, in Hebrews chapter 2, verse 1, where it says, for this reason, we must pay close attention to the things that we have what? Heard. Lest we what? Just away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how will we escape if we neglect so great, there's that word again, great a what? Salvation. How do you neglect it? Just what? Stop seeing it. So let's, let's confess this, y'all. Can we confess this? Well, I'd just do this. Let's all go in the same boat together. Because I know you've probably done it the same way I have. Can y'all repeat after me? And, I, and I'm going to lead us in a confession of sin. If you've been not in this, you don't have to say it, but... If you do, just speak this. Heavenly Father, please forgive me. Forgive us for not seeing, not hearing the greatness of the love that you have given me by calling me a child of God, a son or daughter of God. Forgive me, Lord. Forgive me for taking it lightly. Lord, I pray that in Jesus' name that it be birthed into my heart. So let's speak this. Lord, I, let's see. Lord, by your grace, 
I will see how great a love you, my Father, have given to me that I should be called a child of God. Amen? You chillinses? You sons and daughters of God? I will say this. If you do not know that for sure, don't leave this place. You can know it without a shadow of a doubt. It's easy. What? Romans 10, 9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him dead, you will be what? In other words, you will receive the right to become or authority to become a child of God. Well, let me pray for you. And uh, bless y'all. It's just really cool to be back with y'all and to see your faces. I love y'all. I really do. I love y'all. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you to be in with my brothers and sisters. And Lord, we just, uh, Lord, we just ask your love to just be poured out. Ron and Karen and and uh, Isaac and Jacob. And Lord, just just let them have a, just a good time of relaxing in you, Lord. Just fullness of you be over them. Lord, we just pray for us, Lord, for revelation of these things in our heart. Lord, at birth, these are not just a good words in a sermon, Lord. Lord, we pray that the word of God that has been spoken, Lord, Lord, birth in our hearts, seeds. Lord, that we can see clearly in the spirit how great this love is, how vast it is, greater than the highest mountain, or greater than any Grand Canyon, greater than any earthquake or tidal wave. But, Lord, we pray a tidal wave of your spirit. And, Lord, in that there be birthing of the sons of God. Lord, that the ones who do not know you yet as their Lord and Savior. Lord, that I pray that, Lord, fullness, Lord, of your spirit be released. Lord, I pray that it be birthed in us that we cry out for the sons and daughters yet not born into the spirit. Lord, also into the physical. That, Lord, like it says in Psalm 78... That, Lord, we would declare your goodness, your loving kindness to the next generation, even to those children not yet born. So, Lord, we just cry out for the fullness of the revelation of the children of God be revealed. We cry out your will be brought about on this earth as it is in heaven. And we know it is your will for all men to be saved. And so we declare, we grab a hold of that will which is in the heavenlies, and we declare it here on this earth in relationship to our loved ones, Lord. Lord, the ones who are around us, who we work with, who we go to the grocery store, we see in the grocery store, who we come in contact with, Lord, or the nations. So, Father, we thank you so much for the great love you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless y'all. Have a great day.